Welcome to Massive Late Fee. And now your hosts, Mark and Carol. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me as always is my girlfriend Carol. How are you doing, Carol? Hey, what's up? Not much. We've had a good week here. It is, uh, what is it? It's July... 14th, 1995, and we are here with the news and entertainment breakdowns that you need in your life. All right, give it to me. Yeah, that's, you usually say that. I do, I like it. (laughs) So, some bad news. Oh, no. Especially for our news. What? For those of you in the Detroit area. 2,500 strike in the Detroit papers. Yes. Big, 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 massive paper strike. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently the issues are their pay and the home delivery system, which I get. So I'm going to have to, I don't know what I'm going to do. Because we, I generally, my family generally supports unions. My dad's part of a union. Uh Uh-huh. I don't know if I should, in solidarity not get the free press or the news and maybe just get the Oakland press, which is a paper that's uh, by us or get, start getting the Los Angeles times again or something. I don't know. I don't know what to do or, or just go to the newsstand and can still buy the paper. If you're buying the paper, even if it's at the newsstand, is that still going against the union? Mm -hmm. Well, I wouldn't do that. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's hard decision time. You gotta stick with the union. Support unions. Now, anyway, the 2,500 employees from the Detroit Free Press and the Detroit News are on strike. All right, so, yeah, no news for a little bit, I guess. This is the first strike in 15 years. 15 years is not that long. I guess. To not strike? Seems pretty long to me. To not strike, though? I mean, why, why do you ever really have to strike? 15 years is a significant portion of my life, so... Yeah. We assume. I'm just saying. It doesn't seem like it it should be like an accomplishment for a company to have made their employees happy for 15 years. (laughs) I guess that's true. Always bringing us back to the reality. Seeing the big picture, that's your role in this show. Yep. That's me. Grounding it. Anytime something funny happens, grounding it in reality. Hey... (laughs) Don't be a dick. I'm plenty funny. Mm-hmm. Everyone thinks so. They do. I've heard. Write us and tell tell him how funny I am. Yeah. Every- AP1994 at AOL.com. Everybody write in and tell Carol how funny she is on the show. Yeah. I'm funny, not, not you. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> Speaking of funny, OJ Simpson's mom testified in his favor. Well, I'm not surprised. Apparently... His mother and his sister say that he was grief-stricken when he found out the news that Nicole had been murdered. Okay. He was surprised by it. He didn't already know because he did it. Were they with him when he found out or something? I mean... I guess, yeah, when he got the phone call. Huh. Okay. Well, maybe he's a good actor. He is an actor. Let's not He's not that good of an actor. (laughs) We we saw The Naked Gun, (laughs) 33 and a third. We covered that. (laughs) He's not that good of an actor. He's not. But, I mean, anyone could act surprised. Yeah. And plus, you know, his mom is not exactly the 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 most objective person in the world. Right. You would think. 
He could have been like, oh, my stars. <laughs> Nicole and Ron Goldman have been, I mean, some guy have been murdered. <laughs> right. That's, I mean, we haven't talked about OJ much, but the trial continues to go on. Just I've gotten a little bored with it. Yeah, I wish me. that I didn't have to hear about it as much to as be, I do. To be honest, yeah, they talk about it all the time. All the time. I'd rather focus on, you know, fun things. Like what? Like movies and TV. And... Massive late fee. Rollerblading. Wow. <laughs> Rollerblading? That's a thing. Yeah, it is. <laughs> You know, it's not har- a thing I do. But you know the thing. hardest part about rollerblading? Hmm. Telling your dad you're gay. Ha ha ha. <laughs> Listen to this. Big leak over the intranet. Okay. I mean, it's it's a thing that we where we haven't even thought about. Like, you know, you and I will we'll, we'll chat sometimes on there. You don't think that uh, that you can cheat on the internet for some reason. Um, <laughs> remember we talked about that a long time ago. Yeah. Go back to episode four if you want to hear that oh, conversation. You know which number it was. I, huh? I don't remember now, but <laughs> but go and see if it's in episode four. Okay. Anyway, so a U.S. pilot was telling all of his buddies the inside story of a rescue in Bosnia, and now the story's all over the world. <gasps> oh my! Yes. Yikes! It's at the court as this story starts. It started as a simple electronic high five among friends. Just hours after Scott O'Grady was rescued in Bosnia, an F-16 fighter pilot, his adrenaline still pumping, sat down at his computer and banged out a raw first-hand account of the mission. Then the pilot, who flew on the edge of the mission that airlifted O'Grady out after six days in the woods used the internet to send the account to his Air Force buddies. With that push of a button, the Pentagon was set on its ear, and whole story got out everywhere. Now the Pentagon's like, uh, we really gotta rein in how our people use this new internet system. Right. And a lot of people might not realize this, but this internet thing was designed originally by the Pentagon. It was? The current vice president of the United States, Al Gore, was part of a panel in Congress that approved. It was called ARPANET. Okay. And it was basically a communications tool for the military. Huh. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Makes a lot more sense when you can pay attention and you aren't falling asleep. I'm not falling asleep. Why did, is that why you smacked me? I thought yes. it was because you didn't like that I was rocking. I was rocking. Yeah, you can rock, but your eyes were like the, like you were rocking yourself to sleep. <laughs> you were literally being your own mother and just like rocking yourself into sleep. Your eyes were nearly closed. I don't feel good. That doesn't mean you get to fall asleep when we're doing I'm our not show. Falling asleep. Ridiculous. You're ridiculous. I'm not falling asleep, people. Speaking of ridiculous, I think. This show is so entertaining. How could I ever fall asleep? Come on. Well, that's how it makes me feel that the show's not entertaining when I see you rocking yourself into a slumber. I was trying to keep myself awake by moving because I'm tired because I don't feel good. But that's a, that rhythmic motion's not the way to do it. Whatever. You got some problems. You got problems. How dare you? <laughs> Whatever. So listen. Speaking of objectionable things happening, yeah, Bill Clinton says he 
would rein in television with this device. Have you heard about this device? No. Would block out shows. Bill Clinton has embraced this mandatory ratings for TV programs. Okay. So TV, all TV programs would get ratings, just like our movies uh-huh. get ratings, right? Makes sense. And you could install this device, it's like a nanny thing, on your television uh-huh. and program it to say, hey, if something gets this rating or higher or worse, you know, or whatever, block it out. Huh. To where kids wouldn't be able to. Basically, it's like controlling your TV for your kids. I, I don't I don't think I want that. I don't either. It's just, it's weird censorship shit. Yeah. And, and I mean, God, can you imagine if our mothers had the ability to say we can't watch stuff? I, and the other reason I don't like it is because it, it abdicates responsibility from parents. Okay. It further disconnects parents from their kids. So let's say you oh, wanted... Isn't that a good thing? No, I'm saying... So let's say you had like a six-year-old, okay? Uh-huh. And you were like, hey, I don't want them to watch anything that's going to be too scary or have nudity or whatever. Not that there's nudity on TV, but, you know, whatever, this kind of stuff in it, right? Uh-huh. If you want to do that now, then you have to actually engage with your six-year-old and figure out what he or she's watching on TV, watch it with them, and see if it's if you think it's appropriate for them. Okay. If you got this device, all you got to do is press two buttons, and you can be like, okay, you're on your own now. Yeah, that's true. You know, I don't like that. I don't I don't like that as uh, that's to me, that's degrading to the family and it's censorship. And I don't like it. Okay, I'm against it. So <clears throat> President Clinton, though, is OK with the rating system. How do you feel about that? Um, I guess I'd be fine with it. I think it should be up to the parents. Like I said, I think it should be up to their discretion because any rating system is going to be arbitrary. The rating system for the movies is arbitrary. You think? Oh, I know. It's like 15 families in Orange County, California <laughs> that watch like pre-screen movies and they're like and they come up with this stuff. There's no hard and fast rules. There's no, you know, it's all arbitrary. It's all huh. what, what they feel. I always thought there was like a point system or something like if they swear this many times or if they show this much of, you know, somebody's body or this much blood or whatever. No? Supposedly they have some sort of guidelines that they go by, but they come up with their own guidelines and that it's not publicized. And hmm. and some movies will get R ratings and other movies won't. That, right. that have the Obviously. same, that have the same, no, but I mean that have the same amount of violence and stuff like that in it. Huh. Interesting. It's just like they, we think this violence is more objectionable for whatever arbitrary reasons. Well, I don't know why we want Orange County making the decision for the entire country. Well, that's where, because that's where movies are made. That's why they do it. Mm. It's just a fucking bunch of rich people. We should go to Orange County so we can be rich. What? (laughs) Yeah, that's that's how it happens. (laughs) You don't have to work hard or be smart or come up with any kind of invention or, or anything like that. The only, the key to being rich is just to move to Orange County, California. Well, no, I'm just saying that's where the movies and stuff are made. So uh-huh. we should we should do that. We should go out there and become movie stars and be rich. It's very easy to do. I'm not saying it's easy. I think it would be fun. Okay. You don't feel good, do you? <laughs> I don't. You're delusional right now. <laughs> uh, okay. You're giving me that look. I don't like that Why? look. Like, I don't... <laughs> 
I'm trying to f- figure out the logic of anything that you're saying right now. What Rich makes you think that yeah are in Orange County? That's true. So if we emulate them, so are you saying like you want to be Japanese? So let's move to Japan. There are Japanese people in Japan. <laughs> so if we move there, we will become Japanese. Well, we would have to do more than move there to become. That's Japanese. what the flying lizards. We do. would have to go through some I'm kind of government Japanese. thing. I think I'm turning Japanese. I really think so. Okay. Who doesn't feel good? It's a flying lizard song. Okay. Let's move on. To what? Um, Let's move to Sweden and become Swedish? <laughs> no! It's okay, there's difference between... All of a sudden my hair will turn blonde. There's a difference between money and biology. And you're talking about being another ethnicity. We can't do that because it's not our biology. But we if could we move, if, make more money. Okay, so if Bill Gates, the richest person in the world, moved to, let's say, inner city Detroit, would he become poor? No. Or maybe it would because he could have robbed much I was going to say, if he gave all his money away to all the poor people, then maybe. I don't know. But seriously, the where you live, that doesn't... The people move there when they get rich because it's a ritzy area. They but, all decided to go there because... They liked the area, and then they fund the schools and the police departments and all the other stuff that makes it a safe, nice area. But, okay, if we look around here, there are no rich people to emulate, okay? There's and- rich people in, in in our Beverly Hills and in Birmingham and, and stuff like that. Okay, fine. We'll, we'll just go people watching Birmingham and figure it out then. You think their behavior is why they're okay? <laughs> I think holy shit. <laughs> I think there are certain life choices that get made that lead you to the money or away from the money. Okay. Well, just, I want to figure out what the life choices are and then write a self-help book. Go towards the money. <laughs> That's what the book's going to be called. Go towards the money. <laughs> wow. Follow the path and it leads you to Orange County. Holy shit. <laughs> All right. Oh, that cough syrup's good. Maybe you are funnier than me. That's all the news I've got. This week, we watched a movie. We did. We did watch With some actors that moved to California to become (laughs) actors. And and emulated the the rich people and somehow got rich themselves, even though one of them's from England. Yeah, but he moved. Do you think he moved here? I don't think he lives here. I don't know. He hangs out on Sunset Boulevard. Maybe that's what we should do. Should I hang out? Should I go to Sunset Boulevard and have a prostitute suck my dick? No. That's what the one of the rich guys in this movie did. <laughs> no. That's one of his behaviors. But that's giving away money. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't get him any money. Holy shit. <laughs> you want to do the things that get them the money. <laughs> How do you know what that is? Well, I think you know that getting a blowjob from a prostitute is not one of those things. Well, he got a bunch of publicity for it. Yeah, and the whole time we were watching this movie, that's all I could think about. <laughs> I don't think that's helping him. No, it's going to hurt him. Yeah. Like I said, his career's not going well. Like, when he was being a stupid dick, I thought, wow, you really are a fucking stupid dick. <laughs> like, I was just like, oh, that Hugh Grant, you know, <laughs> what a cad. No. <laughs> I love that your internal monologue is from the 1930s. 
<laughs> what a cad. <laughs> oh, shut up. <laughs> now let's go drink some sassafras. <laughs> so the movie that we saw was nine months. Yeah, that's in how case lo- you were wondering. That's how long it felt watching it. <laughs> you didn't like it? Um, we'll talk about it. I've got some stuff to say about it. Okay. Well, how do you want to do this? I don't know. Why don't you why don't you go through the plot of the movie? Okay. Cuz it's funnier when you go through the plot of the movie and then I give my little snarky sarcastic aside. Okay. So, it starts with um Hugh Grant and Julianne Moore. Yeah, Julianne Moore. The redhead on the beach. The, the only redhead in Hollywood. And they are having champagne and celebrating their five-year anniversary. And beluga caviar they on the beach. They have a picnic basket with fucking caviar. Like, Very yuppie smart. dipshits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's basically what they are at the beginning of this movie. And uh, there's a family with a bunch of kids flying a kite that then hits Hugh Grant in the head. Yeah, Tom Arnold. Tom Arnold. If you ever see Tom Arnold on the beach, just run. <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, this this part kind of turned me off. I, I wasn't sure I liked the movie because of this scene. I was like, oh, God, is it like another like Jim Carrey kind of funny? But it's not. Well, let me tell you, because you know, Tom Arnold's gotten a lot of press with the whole Roseanne thing mm-hmm. and, and all that he stuff. Yeah, two dicks in one movie. <laughs> I really thought you were going someplace else. What? When you started with two dicks in one, I thought you were going someplace. Oh, jeez! And I was like, I didn't hear that part about. No. Uh, anyway, so he's in this, but I have to say, he's he, to me, he's not just famous for being you know Roseanne's husband or whatever, mm-hmm. because he he's he's really funny in True Lies, and he's pretty funny in this too. Yeah. Yeah, except for this scene, which, I mean, he didn't write it, right? So I can't blame him too much. Apparently, Christopher Columbus wrote it. Yeah. Or Chris Columbus, I guess. So he... To differentiate himself from the genocidal rapist. Yeah. I don't blame him. Um, so he ran up to him and started giving him mouth to mouth, even though he was screaming and fighting and mm-hmm. obviously not dead. Yeah. It was ridiculous because... It's he, he's conscious and breathing. Yeah, it's he's yeah. looking at him like what the fuck. But he's like, I got this. Like he's like attacking him and mm-hmm. mulling him, and it was just it was disturbing. I didn't think it was funny. Did no, you? it was no, it was not funny at all. Like you, I saw the beginning of this, and I and I said, hmm, this might be the worst thing that someone named Christopher Columbus has ever done. <laughs> so while all this is happening, these children just ran over and attack their picnic basket. Yeah, they start reaching in and just eating stuff. Their picnic basket. Yeah. Like, who does that? Like, hey, I'm just going to eat hey, food, right? <laughs> Is a picnic basket? And this one little jerk child put caviar in their mouth and spit it yeah. into the picnic basket. Oh, it tastes terrible. Oh, They're I, all girls, by I the way. I would have beat them. Wouldn't you go beat them? Like... I wouldn't. I wouldn't allow it. No, I probably wouldn't have just started beating uh, some <laughs> random couple's children on a beach. No, I, I, I would have been angry, but I probably wouldn't have done well, what that. What if they were your children? 
If they were my children, sure, I'd, I'd spank them. Yeah, they, those kids deserved a spanking, and yeah. they did not get one. They're brats. <sighs> They're all brats. Yeah. Four little or three little bratty girls. So, But in real life, they're probably lovely. So, of course, you know, this is not a great start out here. Um, no. <laughs> and so Julianne Moore is looking at another kid, a little boy. Yeah, before this happened, Making a sandcastle. And they're talking about their relationship. It's established they've been dating five years. And they're not engaged. They don't have any kids or anything like that. Yeah. She talks about, have, do you ever want more? As she's looking at this kid. Yeah. And he's like, no, I like things the way they are. You know, let's keep things status quo. You things know? are perfect. Yeah. We're, we're nearly close to perfect or whatever he says. So why would you mess with that? He has kind of a point. I guess. They're driving now. They're going away for the weekend or whatever. <laughs> what? It's just the way that your eyes are kind of rolled up in your head. And you're talking in the pre- and you're talking in the present tense. It seems like you're watching the movie in your mind as you're saying it. Now they're driving. They're going to the. <laughs> Shut up. Oh no! Okay, they're going to their friend's house, right? He's just a friend. Yep. <laughs> Why is this? Is this the two dicks part of the movie that you were talking about? Yep, he's just a friend. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's that guy from Jurassic Park. It's Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> yeah. Um. It turns out. Oh well, they're driving. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Still driving. Like I said, and she tells him she's counting on on her fingers under her breath and gets to forty. And I'm assuming that's how many days it was in her period or something. I guess. I don't know. But it sounded like she was Lent. sure. So I don't know. But maybe she was just counting to get up the courage. But she tells him she's pregnant. No, I think she's counting the weeks. Okay. Or the days. So she tells him she's pregnant. Mm-hmm. And he loses his shit. And control of the car. Yeah. He almost runs into a semi. They get run off the road. They get in an accident. It's a big mess. Oh, it's a horrible. Yeah. Yeah. And so he's trying to end the pregnancy right there. Right. No, you're pregnant not anymore. (laughs) So when they get to Jeff Goldblum's house, you know what I think we should start doing? No. I I have no idea where you could possibly be going right now. I think when we're watching these movies, Mm -hmm. we should write down the actor's names (laughs) and the character's names. Okay. So we don't keep calling them Jeff Goldblum. I don't know what his name was. Do you? Who cares? <laughs> what does his name matter? I don't know. Whatever. They get to his house. And now, if I were Hugh Grant, I would have told him right away. I would have needed to talk to somebody because he's obviously upset. He kind of, he starts to talk to him. Yeah. But it turns out then that he just got dumped. Yeah. His wife left him. He's got some new blonde hottie with him. Yeah. So it's not the time. No. Well, he says, he says to him, did she ever, did she like, did she ever say she was pregnant or something like that or whatever? Uh And he's like, no, like on the sly or whatever. Like, you know, 
They they for some reason they always they they're all assuming at the beginning that she did this on purpose. Yeah, like birth control is a hundred percent effective. It's not. And he's like, no, that's some like evil thing to do. And then he starts talking about praying mantises. Yeah, and how they they bite the heads off of the women, bite the heads off the men after sex and all that stuff. It's like a recurring fucking thing through this movie. I don't like that. That's upsetting. Okay. Like, as a woman, it's upsetting to me to see the praying mantis thing over and over. It was stupid to me, so. Mm. I just don't like being compared to one. So nobody liked it. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So, then they're, okay, they're in bed. Mm -hmm. And... Looks like they're gonna start fooling around. Oh, this is fucked up. And he's like, "Oh, I really like like that. Like what you're doing. I love what you're doing to my, to my knee. knee. What would she be doing to his knee? I don't know. Like, now I assume it's just kind of like a like a light massage or like a fingers, kind of like a ticklish sort of thing, maybe. But I mean, it could like he can see her face, so it's not licking or anything like that. Yeah, I guess. yeah unless he thinks she has some weird body parts other people don't. <laughs> Why would he think that? I don't know. Why would your brain go there? <laughs> yeah, he thought she was an alien. He watches a lot of uh, Japanese uh, anime stuff. Holy shit. <laughs> anyway. Um, That's why you want to turn Japanese. I don't want to turn Japanese. Oh, what no, you, you, you want to go to Orange County. I forgot. <laughs> it turns out that the people from the beach are there. Mm-hmm. And they're looking for their lost child who is under the blanket. Between this guy's legs. Doing something to his knee. Yeah. That's turning him on sexually. So gross. But it turns out. We never mentioned that again. No. That gets really brushed past, but that's fucking vile. (laughs) Well, it's not his fault. I mean, no, but the whole situation. Why write that, Chris Columbus? Why write that situation? Right. So, yeah, that happens. Um, so, the people from the beach are apparently related to uh, Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. What's her name? Joan Cusack is Jeff Goldblum's sister. Yeah. Even though in real life, she's John, John Cusack's uh, sister. Obviously. So, <clears throat> they now are spending the whole weekend with these obnoxious people and their children, mm-hmm. which does not help. I can't, I can't even imagine, like, the stress oh, that yeah. he's under. And to add to the ick and creepiness factor, their older daughter... Is reading romance novels, Harlequin romance novels, and keeps staring at him and reciting things from them to him. Yeah, basically pretending that he's her lover mm-hmm. and he's cheating on her with some other woman. I don't know. She slapped him in the face. Oh yeah, <laughs> and everybody just pretends like this is normal and okay, and then there's a big fight at the at dinner or lunch or whatever the hell it is. Yeah. You know what What I don't like about this movie is that as it goes on, this couple with the kids mm-hmm. becomes friends with them, mm-hmm. and it's like you're looking at them like they're the normal people and the example because they have kids and they got to learn how to be parents. They're fucked up people. Yeah, they're horrible. They have fucked up kids. They're horrible parents with terrible kids. This is not something to strive for. No. It's weird. It's supposed to be funny, I guess, but it's not funny. Yeah. To me, anyway. No, it was not funny. The whole thing's not funny. Agreed. Most of this movie's not funny. That's that's my big problem with the movie. 
it's kind of sad, really. As far as the movie goes, so just, you know, quick overview stuff. As far as the movie goes, cinematography's fine, direction's fine, the pacing's fine, the structure's fine. All the all the underpinnings of the movie are fine. Well, yeah, it's Christopher Columbus. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, he knows how to make a film, absolutely. But I think he's the one that directed Home Alone, I think. John Hughes wrote it, but I think Christopher Columbus directed it, or Chris Columbus, or Chris Cl- Columbus directed The Goonies. Maybe I don't know. He directed something. He knows what he's doing. That's all I can say. Yeah, I mean, he's directed several movies. I right. just can't think of what they are off the top of my head. But he knows how to make a film. But I just I don't like the humor's not that good to me. Yeah, especially the end, and we'll get to the end. The end is ridiculous. Yeah, to me. the movie devolves into a Three Stooges routine at the end, which isn't satisfying to me in any way. So, But anyway, continue. Okay, so we have The weekends. It's kind of showing them dealing with the news, and, you know, like, she's talking about, like, she's going to have to give up her job. Mm-hmm. We see her, at some point, we saw her teaching her dance class and stuff. Yeah. Um, He's got a cute little Porsche. Yeah, he doesn't want to get a family car. He doesn't want to give up his Porsche. Mm-hmm. And uh, they go to their first doctor's appointment. Which they see a doctor that's not going to be their doctor. I guess that's probably standard. I don't I, mean, I don't know if it's standard or not, but mm. whoever their doctor is, Dr. Green, he must be in practice with this other doctor, played the, by Robin Williams. Who is brand new. Yeah. Who... Was a veterinarian. That that part doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, I, I guess for comedic purposes, but it doesn't make any sense for me how someone can go to working exclusively with animals as far as giving birth and stuff like that. And then as he points to, I got my certification. <laughs> Just getting a certification and now you're a human obst- obstetrician. That doesn't make a lot of sense no. to me. I would think you'd need more classes, maybe a, another specialized degree or something yeah, like that it, in order to do degree, that. A degree specializing in obstetrics. Uh, obstetrics, yeah. Obstetrics and gyno- gynecology. <laughs> right. But we're going to pretend, for the sake of the movie, that this is all normal. Because Robin Williams' Russian accent is funny. Right. So, <clears throat> Robin Williams is playing this doctor. And he uh, he's he's brand new. He this is they're, they're his first people. He's super nervous. He gets them back into the room. Mm-hmm. Tells her, take off your clothes. Right. Like exa- like, While he's just standing there. Like. Yeah, they don't just tell you to take off your clothes when you Strip go to get, yeah, when you go see the gynecologist. It's like you you take off your clothes, you sit down, you get under a blanket. It's not Don't you wear like a gown or something? Yeah. And then you get under like a paper blanket. Okay. So that at no point are you really aware you're naked. You yeah. know what I mean? Even though you're really not wearing very much. Yeah. At some point, you know, your spread eagle, their heads down there. You're not seeing any of that. You've got a sheet. <laughs> You know? Sounds awesome to be a woman. <laughs> yeah, it's not. So this uh, this little torture chamber thing though just starts uh, going up and down mm-hmm. and spinning, and it's like it's not a thing that would happen. Yeah, why do those stirrups need to spin that far? <laughs> right, they're not bicycle pedals. It makes no sense. Yeah, and um, he's telling them they need to get rid of their cat mm-hmm. because of toxoplasmosis, which. 
I, I've heard mm-hmm. that you can keep a cat. You just can't touch the cat litter. Yeah, because it comes from the cat feces, toxoplasmosis. So as long as he takes care of the cat litter, he shouldn't have to get rid of his cat. Who's 16 years old and probably going to die soon anyway. Right. Later so, in the movie, someone throws the cat and I think it broke its hip. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> It's meant um, to be a joke, not tragedy. <laughs> I just imagine this poor sad little cat's hip being broken. <laughs> they are running away from this guy, yeah. not going to let him examine them. And he chases them out and brings her jacket and says something. And and then they, they had run into this other couple. Yeah, they ran into Tom Arnold and Joan Cusack. And they were trying to lie and say they weren't there because she's pregnant. But then what he said, shit. They knew, so. Well, yeah, because he said the cat or the baby. Right. <laughs> like, who would do that? Terrible actor. Only Robin Williams. Right. Well, they go shopping for baby stuff together. Like, they're all being <laughs> friends now. Because, you know, the other lady's pregnant, too. I forgot to mention that. Yeah, they want to have a boy. They have three girls that Tom Arnold wants a boy. At some point, um, Hugh Grant and Tom Arnold end up beating up a dinosaur that looks like Barney. Yeah, it's supposed to be Barney. I think his name is Marty or something. It's something that sounds like Barney. And it keeps like... Arnie. I think it's yeah, that's what it is. Arnie, it's yeah. Arnie. Because I was thinking of Arnold Schwarzenegger since Tom Arnold was in True Lies with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Right. But yeah, the, it's Arnie instead of Barney. Very clever. Uh-huh. But this thing's like calling him a cocksucker. And- oh, yeah. Very and, objectionable. And I want to know what's up with the animatronics on this thing. I mean, this was not a normal thing yeah. that people would be wearing in a store to sell things. Yeah, it's not, you don't go, it's not like Chuck E. Cheese, right? right. When, when Chuck E. walks around, it's just a, a regular head, you know? Yeah, this thing, it's eyes, like it was able to emote, right. <laughs> make it's facial expressions. Its eyebrows around and shit. Yeah, weird. It was very strange. So, yeah, they, they beat him up, and so then the women are like, oh, what's wrong with you guys? Talk to each other. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't I understand. I love how you judge relationships based on the the little, like, two-minute vi- vignettes that we get in the movies like this. Well, I mean, if you beat somebody up, I would be a little irritated, but I'd want to know why before I came to a full-blown, like, you suck conclusion. I thought you were going to say AIDS. Anytime someone's just full blown, (laughs) I think AIDS is going to be the next word. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck? No, it's just. That was so fast. You're like laughing, laughing. And then you just stop and you're like, okay, so. (laughs) Deadly serious. I'm trying to remember what happens next. Are you sure this disease is sinuses and not bipolar disorder? Fuck off. What happens next is that he's playing tennis with Jeff Goldblum, and he's missed another appointment. He's missed, apparently, several appointments. He doesn't want to get rid of his car. He doesn't want to get rid of his cat. He's missed several appointments. He really doesn't want this kid. Right. And he gets the, the... tape of the ultrasound and he finds out that they're having a boy that's going to be a boy he goes home and julianne morris like fuck yourself you're selfish i'm leaving i'm going to stay with joan cusack because i've known her for 
you know, a couple weeks. And, right. And now we're the best of friends. Because she knows what it's like to be pregnant. So do most women. Right. You not have relatives? Uh, okay. <laughs> you not have relatives? <laughs> you are becoming Japanese. <laughs> I guess I was wrong. It's working. Let's just go to Orange County. Or maybe we only have to think about Orange County. <laughs> Shut up. You're so mean. Okay, but you you missed the part, though, where, like, when he heard the heartbeat, Mm -hmm. then he all of a sudden he wants this baby. Yeah. Well, I didn't miss it. I just, I interrupted me telling it to make a joke. Oh, yeah. Never mind. Sorry. Go ahead. No, yes. He he hears the heartbeat. He sees the ultrasound. And, you know, now he's, like, falling in love with his kid. So now he wants her back, but she doesn't want to see him or have anything to do with him. So this is the part of the movie where they're they have their separate journeys. She won't even fucking talk to him. I think that's wrong. All all we see of Julianne Moore is sitting in bed reading yeah. what to expect when you're expecting. Basically, that's that's all she does in this part of the movie. Well, because she had to quit her job, mm-hmm. and it seems like she doesn't have anybody in her life except these people. But so. we we don't see her upset. We don't see her struggle. We don't learn anything more about her as a character. We get one scene of her in their house, and that's it. Yeah. The rest of the movie is completely focused on him, which I guess, yeah, I mean, whatever. You know, it's uh, it's more his movie than her movie, I suppose. Although she's the pregnant one, I I wish there was more her in okay. this movie. I can see that. But anyway, so he and you know he's the one, I guess he's the one that's got to go through the journey. So mm. it, it makes a little more sense that we focus a little more on him. But he's he's gotten what to expect while you're expecting, and he's reading that he's you know he sold he sells his Porsche, all this stuff. Um, I think that or or does he go to the party first? That's yeah, the what party it is. happens first. Yeah, he talks to Jeff Goldblum, and Jeff Goldblum's like, "This is what you need to do to get over her. You need to get new clothes." He basically, oh yeah, they get matching piercings. Yeah, basically, Jeff Goldblum says, "Here's a summary of the of the next uh, act of the movie." <laughs> <laughs> like that's that's what the scene is. Right. He's like, you got to get new clothes. You've got to uh, learn a new sport, and then you got to have a party where you meet somebody else. And so he gets new clothes. They get matching earrings <laughs> for some reason. Uh, they rollerblade together. In the left ear, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, they rollerblade together, which turns out disastrously. Oh, so they're gay. Okay. He, he crashes. That's what you said. Well, then they've got the earrings. Huh? And then they go to a party where he meets some weird, deranged blonde woman <laughs> who we never really deal with the fact that she's mentally unstable. Yes, she is. Because the only the one face that she makes and the one action that she does in this movie both show that she's mentally unstable, but it never comes up. Hmm. They should make a sequel 10 months. <laughs> Where where we see what happens with this woman, because I think she's going to try to like get in their lives. She's going to stalk them. She's going to try to murder Julianne Moore and become the new mother. Oh. The hand that rocks the cradle. Yeah, that's right. The hand that rules the world. <laughs> anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he, he drives her home from the party, that crazy girl. Yeah. Because she's her. flirting with him and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, and he blows her off, and she's just nuts. She makes this face, like, because she says, do you want to come up for coffee? And he's like, no, that's okay. It's kind of late. And she goes, do you want to come up for sex? 
He's like, oh, well, that's very direct. Right. Uh, no. <laughs> well, he says that he just got out of a relationship and he doesn't think he's ready and everything. And she makes this face like she wants to fucking slash his tires. Yeah. She's so pissed. Like, like I'm sorry you were looking forward to sex so much. Jeez. Right. Yeah, maybe if you were, you know, a prostitute on Sunset Boulevard, <laughs> right? would have worked out. <laughs> but anyway, so she goes up alone and he, that's when he starts, that's when he's like, screw this. You know, I want to become a better man. And he starts doing the stuff. He sells his car. He starts reading the books. He buys stuff for the baby. All that stuff. Yeah. He becomes friends with Tom Arnold for some reason. Oh, because he wants him to get to get him back with Julianne Moore. And he has mm-hmm. access to her. And so that's why. And so he's like, hey, I'll babysit. Just just get me, mm-hmm. you know, uh, with her. So he's babysitting, and then Tom Arnold comes running up and tell him, oh, well, actually, she's not coming because she's in the hospital. Yeah. So something happened with the baby. Your baby's dying, he said. He didn't say the baby's dying. No, but I mean, that's the implication. So he finally, you know, he goes to the hospital, turns out she's going to be fine. Joan Cusack lets him in. Mm-hmm. Thank God. Or like, I mean, they had to give the man a chance to speak to her at some point. So he tells her that he sold his car. He's euthanized his cat. <laughs> they never mentioned the cat again. No. But we never see the cat again. <laughs> That's true. After she throws that cat that one time, we never see it again. <laughs> so maybe she took care of the problem. Maybe. <laughs> but he said, you shouldn't do this. It's not good for the baby. Don't don't say this stuff. It's seven months. The baby can hear you. How right. do you know this? And he's like, I've been reading all the books and... He tells her about how he found the ultrasound and, and all this stuff. And he's like, I just want another chance. And then he proposes to her. Yep. With a ring that he already had in his pocket, ready to go. Yeah. Well, he wanted, I think he, that was his plan the whole time. Like if she came to the park, he was going to propose? Mm-hmm. Okay. So she says yes. They're back together. They get married. No. Yeah, they do. No. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, they do. You said you liked her dress. Yeah, you're right. Okay, yeah. So they get married. They get yeah, they get they get back together, they get married, everything's cool, and then they go out to dinner. The the hostess is the crazy lady. Who wanted to sleep with him, yeah. Yeah. And they're about to get seated and Julianne Moore's water breaks. And he's like, We gotta get her to the hospital. On the sly, the the hostess, the crazy lady, takes a piece of broken glass and she slashes her hand with it so that she also has to go to the hospital. What? I missed that. You missed that? I totally missed that. I thought she just accidentally cut herself. No. She she deliberately grabs it and slashes her hand with it. Oh, my God. And then goes, ah, like that. And he looks, he's like, oh, yeah, that's going to need stitches and everything. And then that's why they both go to the hospital together. Wow. Yeah. She Your wants. Ranch is not that hot. Come on. She wants to be like part of their life or something. It's fucked up. Very weird. So then he's driving like a maniac because that's, you know, that's what happens in these in these movies where a woman's pregnant or TV shows where a woman's pregnant and they've got to get to the hospital quick or whatever. It, everyone thinks apparently that writes these scripts that having a baby's like a ticking time bomb. <laughs> oh, the baby's going to come out any minute, any minute, you know, labor lasts uh for 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 what? 5 minutes? That that's about what Apparently, we That's yeah, about what we know. think, fellas. So they got to get to the hospitals as fast as possible. 
It's not like labor takes hours and hours. Well, I think it depends on the person. Yeah, I understand that, but most labors take many hours. Like I have a friend who had a baby like super fast and didn't make it out of the house her first baby and actually had it in the bathroom. So in the toilet, right? Yeah. I was gonna leave that part out, but yeah. No, oh, okay. Why were you going to leave that part out? Because she might listen and not want me to share that. Oh, does she listen? I don't know. She might. Yeah, well, if you listen. Sorry. But no one knows. But also, no one knows who you are. So. That's true. That's true. Anyway, sorry, Sarah. Um, <laughs> just joke. That's her name. I don't think is it. No. Okay, I forgot what her name is. <laughs> thought maybe I accidentally said her name. So I'm just saying, it's not like there's no urgency if somebody's in labor. I'm just saying, for the most part, it's not a thing where you have to drive 100 miles an hour. I would guess. And also not safe to do that. I mean, my other friend, when she had a baby, uh, her husband actually stopped and got Burger King and picked me up before he took her to the hospital. Well, that's maybe a little... She was not going without me and Burger King. Oh, okay. (laughs) You're not supposed to eat, are you? That's why she wanted the Burger King, because she knew they wouldn't let her eat when she got there. Oh, that's ridiculous. And there's a reason, though, I She's a teenager. She didn't know what the fuck she was doing. So, anyway. She um, wanted Burger King. (laughs) Our new sponsor, Burger King. (laughs) Not even labor can stop your need for Burger King. Anyway, so he drives crazy. He almost runs into an elderly couple, and the guy starts to have a heart attack So they put him in the car. Then he runs into a bicyclist and breaks his leg. So they put him in the car because it's funny. I guess this was ridiculous too. like the beginning of the movie was ridiculous. Then, you know, he takes her into the, the hospital. She's in a wheelchair. He's, you know, running up to the thing stops. She keeps going as he's. As he's like, you know, hell, I got a pregnant woman here. And then she crashes, you know, and everything. He's got a, you know, pull, pull her back out. It's all very... And then they go into labor. <laughs> the whole thing, it's a farce. It is. The, it, the, this is maybe one of the problems with the movie, I guess. The tone at the beginning is, is kind of farcical. Mm-hmm. The tone at the end is very farcical. The tone in the middle is very earnest. There are some funny things that happen, but it's mostly earnest and like kind of straightforward. Right. So there's, it's a weird tonal shift it from the beginning and the end, you know? It, I do agree. But yeah, so like, like it turns into a farce. It's a full moon apparently. So everyone's going into labor. Like that's a scientific fact <laughs> or something like that. And they have to share a delivery room. And it just so happens that Joan Cusack's gone into labor too, and that's who they're sharing the delivering room with. And it also just so happens that Robin Williams is the doctor on that night, and Dr. Green's not available yeah. again. And so Tom Arnold's filming everything, being super obnoxious, mm-hmm. being in everyone's face. He and Hugh Grant start fighting with each other, like fist fighting while this labor is going on and everything. Hugh Grant breaks the camera. Mm-hmm. And the John Cusack's child's born. It's a girl. Of course, it's a girl. And he's best. Fourth girl. And then their child's born. It's a boy. And then that ba- that's basically the end of the movie. Yeah. They become they become friends. The kids are playing together or whatever. And that's it. Yep. Everybody's happy. 
And well-adjusted, I guess. I don't know. I guess. Except for that crazy lady who's going to stalk them for the rest of their lives. Yeah, that n- that never gets resolved <laughs> at all. It's pretty Also, funny. Jeff Goldblum's thing never gets resolved either. Yeah. Talks about how he's, you know, struggling as an artist and, and you know, his his love life's obviously not doing well. It sounds like there was a whole other movie there. Oh, there was, there's lots of other, like, threads that, that just kind of go nowhere. Yeah. Well, I mean, they had very fleshed out side characters. I mean, you got to give them that. Yeah. And I mean, that's that's good, but it is unsatisfying when these threads just don't wrap up at yeah. all. You know, what they should have done hmm. is they should have had the crazy lady and Jeff Goldblum Ooh, get together. That would have been cool. And then her like insanity could have fueled his creativity. Yeah. I, I gotcha. Because she could be like, you should paint this or whatever, like some fucked up scenario. You know what's funny is I thought I liked the movie until I talked to you about it. Now I realize I don't. (laughs) You changed my mind. There are some good things in the middle of the movie. Yeah. There's, and the acting's good. That's what's, that's, that's, well, between Julianne Moore and and Hugh Grant anyway, that's the, the lantern that this movie, that this movie gets hung on yeah that's that's the only those that's what holds it together but yeah there's a lot of deficiencies in this film as far as writing goes and the tonal the weird tonal issues yeah but yeah i mean that's it that's the uh that's the movie what did you think overall you said you didn't like it i mean i did like it like i enjoyed watching it it was entertaining Mm. but i hated the beginning and i hated the ending I, my opinion is it's fine, I guess. I wouldn't go out to the theater and watch it. No, wait, wait for it to come out. Wait yeah. for it to come out to Blockbuster and then rent it for, you know, a night with your sweetheart or whatever. And, you know, it might be mildly enjoyable. But don't expect it to be a great movie because it's not. Despite having an all-star cast. Yeah. I like Joan Cusack a lot, actually. Yeah. And she's also not in this movie much. She might, she has, I think, I think she's the most naturally funny of the people in this movie hmm. and she's, and it's a, supposed to be a comedy and she's in it the least. So I think that's probably not a good thing. Right. I'd love to see her and Jeff Goldblum as siblings. Just that movie. Yeah. Just this, those two and that relationship. Well, we should, we should get them to do a uh, sequel and or a spinoff or something. All right. Well, Chris Columbus work on it. We'll send them a tape. Yep. But that's uh, that is the the episode for this week. Carol, tell the people all the things that's fit to print. You can write us at latefee nineteen ninety four at aol dot com. Um, you can go ahead and you know give us a review, mm-hmm. shove it in the locker. Yep. Uh, give us the stars. Yep. Tell your friends all that jazz. Yeah. Tell your friends. That's a very important part of it. It is. Please. All right. So we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.